0: Tie, 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 boxing. I, I, boxing.
1: Come see the tights, watch how they fight with just everything. They hands and feet. <coughs> And, bows and knees yes. this is an art of you would all to learn Ooh,
0: wow. hey guys welcome to the eight limbs podcast i'm your host ryan wagner and i'm here with my friend and fight site colleague Hamadi, or baba as we call him how are you doing today baba
1: i'm good and thanks for having me ryan
0: thanks for joining me baba today we're gonna discuss our top five born Mu- Muay Thai fighters, uh, so top five non-Thais or Tharangs. We'll get right into it and start with number five. Who do you have for your number five pick, Baba?
1: Yeah, so my number five was um, John Wayne Parr.
0: I have John Wayne Parr too. We, um, we actually just compared notes before the show and found that we had the exact same top five list. <laughs> so I was planning on like breaking it down one by one and then discussing who we think is better but we're on the exact same page so we'll get right into it so John Wayne Parr uh, his most notable wins are Arono Pormwangibon Surya Planchet, Jean-Charles Skarbowski he beat Yad Senklai once uh, yeah. I don't think he probably he should not have won that fight but it still counts um, Noongtrakarn Pormwangibon and Shandej Sorprantelite pra- Sor sorry I'm horrible with these names Noom Trikarn <laughs> and Chand Edge were former Lumpany champs, but I think he yeah. fought them a little bit past their best. And he won the King's Cup in 2001, beating Orono, Surya, and Dwen Isarn in the same night. Uh, so what are your impressions of John Wayne Parr, Baba?
1: John Wayne Parr has, has had a long career, and um, the thing is, he was in Thailand for a long time, I think five time, uh, five, five years. sorry. I think he, yeah, lived, he lived there for definitely. like five years, and um, he beat some really good guys. Winterkart Paul Morgumon was a very good fighter. I think he lost to him like four times before he got the he got the win. Yeah. But um, that's that was quite a good win actually in the S1 tournament. So props to him. Jean Charles Kabowski is, is, it was very good, very tough at the time. He was probably yeah. the best fighter in. The best farming in Thailand at the time, so...
0: That was, I think, it was a couple years before he retired, but Skarbowski. But the yeah. last year, he had one of his better years beating... He beat Kao Ponlac a couple times and Surya. Yeah. So Par caught him at a good time there. Um, for me, I think Par is, like, kind of the epitome of the stereotypical fighting. He's super aggressive, super powerful. Everything he throws is really, really hard. He doesn't do, like, those little tapping punches... He's yeah. throwing everything full out, super aggressive, always moving forward. And in as is stereotypical of foreign foreigners in Muay Thai, he's a little bit stiff. Uh, he's not the fastest or slickest, but he is an absolute banger, incredibly tough, um, always down for a brawl. And he's probably probably the most exciting man on this list, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, because. The way he fights, it's almost always guaranteed a war because he, that's the kind of guy that won't take a step back. Always going forward, always looking for the KO, always trying hard. And uh, he had a pretty good defense also. So, yeah, that was a, a pretty fun fighter. And
0: um, Yeah, he for was... sure. Like you mentioned, he, he had insane longevity. He started in... Uh, I think he started fighting like top stadium fighters in the 1977 1978. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He fought Superlek, I know, in 98. And he's still he's still fighting today, isn't he? Or did he recently retire?
1: He re- he, he said he, he was retired. Then he signed with ONE Championships. Oh yeah. But he just got a surgery, I think, like two days ago. Something oh yeah. Okay. Like yeah, a hip surgery. So, but he. He's, he's still signed with ONE ch- Championships, and he intends to fight, actually.
0: Oh, wow. That'll be interesting to keep up with. But um, he hasn't fought in the stadiums quite as much as most of the other guys on this list. I think he had, like, three fights in Lumpany and then maybe one in Rajadamnern. But he, like we said, he beat a few elite ties um, yeah. in his early years. Orono, Surya, Noom And he's kept picking up good wins over his career, I know, like, well, after he, he was done fighting those elite ties, he beat guys like Askarov, Cosmo Alexander. He beat Yad Sanklai in 2010, yeah. which was a little bit past Yad Sanklai's best, but it's still impressive. Um, in terms of the kind of fighter John Wynn Parr was, I've mentioned that he's super aggressive. He was also pretty well rounded. He did a lot yeah. of work with his hands, which is typical for a uh, Fodang. Super powerful punches. Um, his kicks were like baseball bats. Like he wasn't the fastest or slickest, but he would just slam them in over and over again. Did a good yeah. job combining his punches and kicks too. Um, like one of the advantages of fighting in like such a square stance is that it's easier to punch off your kicks, and Parr was really good about that, especially in the, I think, the Skarbowski fight. He did a lot with that, using his kicks to enter into his punches and then nailing Skarbowski off those. He was one of the the better clinchers for Fodengs too,
1: I think. He was really good in the clinch, really really good, yeah. Especially yeah. even if it was a K1 fight, but you can see it in the Buakao fight, the first fight. Yes. He was very good with that. He was very the complete fighter, you know. He was he had a, a very good understanding of the of the Muay Thai, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as you can see. And it, like Baba said in his fight with the greatest Nakmoy of all time, Bukha.
1: <laughs> of course, he is the, the goat. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> all right, yes. now for our number four pick, who did you have for the number four fighting of all time?
1: Uh, a little disclaimer: there, there will be some some French guys. It's not, it's not BS. It's just that we good. We are, we are, we're That's bad. why I brought you on to help you pronounce <laughs> the French names. So, the number four is Farid Vilum.
0: I'm glad you said that because I did not want to <laughs> say it first.
1: Yeah. So, fight, give us no, a little
0: bit of an introduction to Farid Vilom, like you were doing before I interrupted.
1: Yeah, no problem. So, Farid, yeah, Farid is uh, uh, for, for, most likely is the number two French fighter ever right behind Danny Bill because Farid, was even more complete than John Power Maybe he was very good at all of things. Muay I He was aggressive when he had to. He was a tremendous puncher. Um, he had a very good defense. He could fight in both in both stands, and uh, he had awesome legs, uh, the fists, the knees, the elbows. He, he had everything, and. He fought a lot, of, a lot of good guys and beat a lot of good guys. So, yeah, it like, was. Yeah. Uh, at one time, maybe he was the best 70 kilo fighter in the world, regardless of the of the sport, whether it's Muay Thai or kickboxing.
0: One thing that immediately stands out to me when watching v- Vilom—is that how you say it? Vil Vilom. Yeah. Uh, the thing that pops out to me immediately is how well-rounded he is. He's not. There's no area where he has, like, an obvious deficit. He's a really slick kicker on the outside, very good defensively. He's not... If you see a lot of, like, Tharangs and Muay Thai tend to not understand how to deal with kicks, how the, like, Thai meta deals with kicks. You don't want to catch them on your forearms and, like, try to tank through them because those score. So if you watch Thais, usually the way they'll defend head kicks is to just slip them. They'll just pull their upper body back and let them fall short. And... Villome is really good at that. Um, he's a pretty slick boxer, too. He's got an excellent jab, a good counter left hook. He's great with combinations in the pocket. He's got a lot of the French knock I've seen have really good uppercuts. Yeah. And Villon uses that really well. He knocked, I think, Taui Chai out with... Uh, he like threw a long right hand to get him to back up to the ropes and then snuck yeah. a slick little lead uppercut in there and just crushed him with it. Uh, he's good on the inside too. Uh, he's not the best clincher, but he he uses his elbows and knees well. Um, he's not like deficient in terms of clinch positioning, so it's not easy for guys to get inside of on him and just clinch him up. In terms of who he beat, he has like Baba mentioned, he has wins over quite a few elite ties. He beat Sakmongkol, which is a very impressive win. Saimai Chor Swanant, who was, I think, a Lumpening champ, although again...
1: It was a crazy him. win. That one was a crazy win, because Saimai was beating everybody in France at the time. He beat everybody from... Mr. Um, Gauss. Sorry, right? Sorry, Gaos. Everybody in Europe, you know, he was actually frightening. And uh, the fact that Vidom knocked him out was crazy.
0: Yeah. He beat Orono Pormwangyuban. Again, Nung Por Pormwangyuban.
1: Yeah,
0: Wanlop Sipolek and he fought to a draw with Yad They fought twice. Yad Singli won the second one. So I yeah. think Yad probably should have won the first one, but it was pretty competitive too. And it's yeah. nonetheless super impressive to fight Yad to such a close decision, especially that since that was in Yad uh like that was in 2007, which was one of his he was still in top form then.
1: Yeah, he, he, he was speaking actually. Yotengler was very good at the time, and uh, yeah. he was a killer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's when he was on a big streak.
1: Yeah. And uh, the second, the second fight, Yotengler was just out of the container, Asia. And
0: uh, yeah, that's right.
1: He was he, he was really at the peak of the powers, and uh, Farid was uh, was outclassed in the second one.
0: And that semi win that you mentioned is again super impressive because one of the The thing with Fodings and Muay Thai, a lot of it's kind of hard to evaluate their records because a lot of who they beat is dependent on like where they beat the guys, and it's kind of hard to tell when the ties were in top form. Uh, Because with Foddings fighting ties, they often they often have weight advantages, and they're often fighting older, past their prime ties. So when you get guys that are beating streaking ties or ties in their prime, especially which we'll see as we get further up in the list. It's incredibly impressive and kind of a rare feat. All right, for our number three,
1: it's another another French guy, and uh, it's uh, that famous uh, drunk coach from but, The uh, Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, Jean Charles Skarbowski.
0: So, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, in the GSP versus Kostyak season of The Ultimate Fighter, GSP brought on Jean Charles Skarbowski to coach his team and there's an interview of like cody mckenzie that that the guy who guillotined everyone and looks like a homeless man uh he's talking about like how skarbowski showed up drunk out of shape he, he was like smoking like five packs a day or something and just not giving a shit at all totally nonchalant and just beat the hell out of everyone and then they play like a video highlight and you see him just trashing everyone he's dropping guys with body shots um, alex Cazares He's, like, knocking him about and throwing him around. It was hilarious.
1: It was awesome, yeah. I, 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 don't, uh, I didn't watch uh, the tough shows, you know, so I wasn't aware yeah. of that. But uh, it was in, in the gym, you know, one of my teammates say, you, you have to watch that because Jean-Charles Kavoski went to, to the U.S. and beat the shit out of the young fighters. <laughs> so, <laughs> I watched it and it was really funny, yeah. That's good. That was it's, hilarious. It's, it's t- typical Jean Charles, you know. Jean Charles is, yeah. is, is that kind of guy.
0: When he um he took over the the Reddit Muay Thai subreddit recently, he's like posting a bunch of pictures, <laughs> <laughs> basically commandeered the subreddit.
1: It's awesome. Jean Charles, yes, it's the kind of guy that uh, he does whatever he wants. He know?
0: is like for for an ing- ignorant Canadian who hasn't met many people from France, he is like. Exactly what I picture when I hear Frenchman, like that that kind of smoking five packs a day. I don't yeah.
1: give a shit. <laughs>
0: fuck your girl attitude.
1: This is the, the typical par- Parisian guy attitude.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In terms of who he was as a fighter, he's he's a really kind of weird fighter. He had a really awkward and tricky rhythm, uh, like you've heard a lot of people say that sometimes it's kind of easier to anticipate. Uh, What's coming when people are like almost, it's almost something like, um, I don't know, outsider art, where when somebody is like classically trained, um, it's almost easier to anticipate what they're throwing because you kind of know what to expect. But Skarbowski would throw just weird shit. Like his combinations were very, very strange. His punches came from weird angles. Uh, The way he combined his punches and kicks was weird. He would instead of like doing the typical thing where you link the rear hand with the rear leg and like get them biting on that when the shoulder comes through, ready to slip the rear hand to leave them open for the rear kick, he would like he'd throw like a a jab cross left hook and then follow the left hook up right away with a lead leg body kick. yeah, uh, it's just a lot of weird combinations. His punches especially like I mentioned how a lot of the French fighters work really well with uppercuts and Skarbowski had super tricky uppercuts. He knocked uh, Robert Canerseing out in the first round with one of those. Yeah. He like he he hit him with like a flurry of hooks and uppercuts against the ropes that dropped him. Um, in terms of who he beat, he beat Robert Canerseing, knocked him out in the first round. He beat Orono Pormwengibon twice. Yeah. Monkon uh, I'm not going to even attempt to say this last name. coin. That's it, yeah. Yeah. He beat Ramboju. Now, I don't know how to pronounce that name either, yeah, but Rambo, I know...
1: That, that was perfect, Rambo actually. Jew? Great. Yeah, Ramboju. Jew.
0: Ramboju Jew was a pretty well-known Golden Age fighter, too. He yeah. beat, um, beat Samkor, I think.
1: Yeah, he was very good,
0: actually. He beat... Skarbowski beat Surya Sorplanchet and Lam Sumgram Chuachana too. And he also beat Chokdi Pramak, who was a former Lumpany champ. So he's got a, quite a good resume of ties. Um, and he, he also struck me as like a, a who really knew how to play the Muay Thai game. Like he wasn't the kind of guy I mentioned that would walk forward and try to tank body kicks. Uh, He understood how to deal with kicks. He was a very good counter kicker. He would, like, yeah. lean back. Um, like, if you've watched any Science High highlights, you've seen him do that thing where he just slips the head kick and then counter kicks. Skrbowski was pretty good at that. He was good at checking body kicks or parrying them across the body and countering. Um, he was super heavy-handed, too. I think most of his wins came from knockout. Yeah, he had 101 total wins. No, sorry, that was total fights. He had 75 wins with 51 coming by knockout. Yeah, and a lot of his high-profile wins were by knockout too.
1: Um, yeah, especially when he was younger, because when he when you when you arrived in the French scene in the in the, the European scene, he was he was like a killer. You know, he was knocking out everybody, absolutely everybody. So and uh, you know, Jean Charles back in the day had wasn't like the your typical fighter. You know. Yeah, with the haircut and all of that. He had you know, he was carrying himself like he was an accountant or, or something like that. <laughs> but once in the ring, it was crazy. You know, he was very really aggressive, really strong with the punches, and he knocked out everybody. So it's it was once he got to Thailand that uh, he got to pick up the the Thai style more, and uh, he was maybe less aggressive but uh, more technical.
0: Yeah, for sure. He absolutely doesn't look like the kind of guy you'd expect to be so devastating. Like oh, no. Like you said, he's just like this relaxed, nonchalant dude who looks like he doesn't give a fuck and then he gets in the ring with elite ties and just knocks him yeah. out. He beat um he also beat Cal I think 3 times. Cal yeah. won Fighter of the Year in 1995. He beat him in like the early 2000s, so quite a a bit past his best, but still super impressive wins. And he knocked him out, I think
1: two or three times as well. Yeah, uh, they, was, they, they were very evenly matched to both, both of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. Kalpong like got a couple knockouts of his own as well. One of the yeah. things about Skarbowski was he was super aggressive with those punching combinations. Like, he'd open up with massive flurries of punches and it sometimes left openings for counters. Um, in one of the ponglek fights... He, he was putting it on him, just attacking with, like, a massive flurry of punches. And Kao Ponglek found a little bit of distance and, like, yeah. shifted back into the other stance and just blasted him with a head kick that killed him as he was trying to open up with more punches.
1: My goodness. Uh, I, was, I was in the crowd. and. Uh,
0: oh, really? Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was 18, yes. I was young one time. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, it was crazy because everybody was cheering on Skabowski because he was actually winning the fight. He yeah. was he, he was turning the tables, and uh, we were like, "Yeah, we, we were standing," when he started to to flurry, and <laughs> 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 just like that, boom! Did he just go out.
0: quiet.
1: Yes, everybody went quiet. Oh like, man! What the hell! <laughs> 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 no, that was to this day one of the most violent knockout I've ever seen live.
0: That was insane. He just collapsed.
1: Yeah.
0: He had a banger with John Wayne Parr too.
1: Yeah, it was very good, but um, John Waypa figured it out uh, early, and uh, Jean Charles didn't adapt. Yeah, like, he did a lot, what, lot of punches.
0: One of the things with Skarbowski is that he had—he was really good uh, when guys tried to kick him. He was good at countering the kicks and defending them. But he had like a super kind of janky upright stance. And yeah. when he was punching, he didn't really have much proactive defense. He wouldn't like fold over his hips while punching. Like you see a lot of the more boxing oriented guys do. He would just yeah. kind of like stand super upright and par was able to just bang with him. Whenever Skarbowski came in, he would like do his tricky stuff, like feigning kicks into punches and it would land. But he, while he was doing that, he would keep his head online and his body upright and, uh, John Wayne Parr was was able to catch him with counters consistently. He was jabbing Parr up a lot in that fight too. His jab looked really good. Yeah. One of the one of my favorite things from Skarbowski is his. He'll often throw a combination where he throws like a long right hand to the body and then sneaks a, a little left hook in from an awkward angle. Yeah. He's caught a lot of ties with that. I think he knocked a couple of them, a couple of good ones out too.
1: Yeah, yeah. The it's like it's a natural move. Yeah maybe
0: all right now our number four greatest spotting of all time need oh wait i guess we've been counting up but these are like we're counting in reverse so yeah par was our fifth the was our fourth skarbowski was third and now our number two greatest spotting of all time needs no introduction you've all heard of them Every time somebody mentions Muay Thai to Joe Rogan, he instantly says his name, Ramon <laughs> Deckers.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, Ramon... No no need to, to introduce him. Everybody knows Ramon Deckers. He's probably. probably
0: the most famous fodding of all time. Would you say yeah. that's correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's fair to say, yes, yes. Everybody knows Ramon Deckers. Really, you know, the... When YouTube first came around, I don't know what year what that was, but uh, that was the short videos time. There was that uh, Ramon Decker's highlight, and uh, everybody was watching that. Everybody was talking about that. So that's what made him super famous. About yeah. That.
0: You can still go on YouTube on any Deckers fight that he lost to a tie, and there'll be like 100 comments being like, Deckers won. He kept yeah. punching him in the face <laughs> over and over again.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: But anyways, Deckers, of course, everybody knows who Deckers is. He's probably the most famous uh, fighting of all time. He had the unique distinction of fighting a lot of the golden age guys of the early 90s in their prime or yeah. close to their prime, where a lot of the, the guys we've been talking about, Valome, Skarbowski, and Parr, most of the top ties they fought were past their best. Yeah. Uh Deckers fought a lot of them when they were like at the top and his record reflects that he has a lot of losses uh, I don't think he actually won any of the series he had with his with the elite ties he either tied or lost most of them but that's yeah. the thing when you're fighting in Thailand and constantly fighting elite opposition it's really hard to get to get wins if you look at like even all-time great ties their records aren't you go on wikipedia they're not just all green you're gonna see tons of spots of red because they're fighting so consistently at such a high level it's mm-hmm. just impossible not to lose often uh some of decker's better wins were cherry sorvanich actually yeah. i'm not sure if cherry ever won a stadium title but he might have been one of the better ones never to win a title if he didn't
1: yeah i don't, I don't remember him winning a bet uh it may be wrong but i don't remember it
0: i don't think so either and Decker's had a the famous series with Coban, where they each picked up two victories. There, he yeah. beat Sombat Sor Thanical, who was a former Lumpany champ. He beat Gilbert Ballantine. Um, I'm not as familiar with him, but he was one of the better French strikers, wasn't he?
1: Gilbert, no, he, he was a uh, he was Dutch.
0: Dutch. Oh right, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he was very good, very tough. Oh my God, was the the epitome of the Dutch fighter. Yeah. Yeah, very, very, very strong, very, very tough guy.
0: And Decker's beat Nampon and Sangtienoi. Although, if you watch those fights, he did not beat Nampon and Sangtienoi. No. And <laughs> a lot of times, like I said before, when people talk about Decker's, it's often in the context of how uh, how hard it is to win a decision against a Thai in Thailand. But I, I want to kind of dispel that myth here. Decker's wasn't discriminated against in terms of judging. No. A lot of the a lot of that criticism has come from like kickboxing fans and people who aren't super familiar with the Thai style of of striking and scoring. Um, if anything, Decker's got a little bit of favoritism in judging. I think I think the Namphon and Sanctinoi fights, which were the worst decisions, yeah. weren't in Thailand. They were in. Uh, I think they were in both in Amsterdam, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it
1: was yeah that, that's why. <laughs> that
0: <laughs> that's makes sense. One.
1: Because, yeah, he, he never won those fights, but yeah, yeah Ramon Namfond was super fight, famous. He you knocked he w- him
0: down. That's yeah. the one that got Deckers. Uh, yeah. Got him really big. when He knocked down Namphon in the first round with a, a big left hook. Namphon is one of the, the Golden Age greats. And then for the rest of the fight, Namphon kind of tore him apart with knees, but he landed that one big hook in the first round, and that was enough to get him the win there. Um, and that kind of kicked off Decker's as a his career in Muay Thai. After yeah. that, right away he fought Cherry Sorvanich the next month, and he knocked him out in the first round, which is incredibly impressive yeah. given how good of a fighter Cherry is. He also beat Superlek in the same year. Superlek another Golden Era great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Decker's fought an absolute who's who of 90s greats and he did very well against them like it like we mentioned he has a lot of elite wins there in terms of his style as a fighter he was the epitome of dutch kickboxing um super powerful through everything for power didn't didn't do a lot of like with danny bill when we talk about him you'll see a lot of like feints and throwaway punches with deckers it was all power incredibly hard puncher uh, super aggressive. He would look to move guys back to the ropes and tee off with combinations. He had an amazing left hook, and he would double up on the left hook, throwing it to the body and the head. Yeah. He was a good kicker on the outside, too. Uh, if you watch the second Cherry fight, he was actually giving Cherry, and Cherry's one of the better kickers of that era. Deckers was giving Cherry quite a bit of trouble with his kicking, and then Cherry started coming forward more and clinching, and then kind of got the better of him there. Um one thing with deckers i've mentioned with skarbowski and volome that they were that they understood how to score in muay thai and that they were very good at dealing with kicks yeah deckers always kind of struggled with that and that's some of the that's responsible for some of the frustration we see with the tie scoring from deckers fans uh, he didn't really he was such an aggressive fighter that he was always walking into his opponent which makes it hard to pull back from kicks. And yeah. whereas a lot of pressure fighters in Muay Thai, if you look at Wong Chinoy or Koban, they, they're obviously not always going to be in position to check the body kicks because in Muay Thai, kicks on the arm score. Uh, but they have some kind of response to counter them. Like Wang Chinoy will try to parry the body kicks across the body and smash you with punches. Yep. Deckers would often march forward and eat them on his arms. And he often didn't have the best response in terms of countering them. So a lot of fights were, were him kind of walking into those kicks and then getting these guys to the ropes and unloading some punches. But the kicks were landing cleaner and he had to walk through them and he wasn't defending them well. And judges look at that and they're not it looks like the the other guy is in control of the fight and he's landing the better strikes, the higher scoring strikes in the tie context. Exactly. So a lot of yeah. So a lot of fights with Deckers people see him like walking in the god of the ropes and and they're like oh he's he's teeing off with punches he's landing the harder punches that's not really how muay thai is scored oh and as great as deckers was as a fighter he was in my opinion he's the second greatest fighting of all time He was an incredible striker one of the best dutch strikers ever but he he never really figured out the tie meta and the tie scoring as much as some of the other fightings in muay thai
1: yeah i think he was he was Really relying on on knocking out people, he wasn't going to 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 he wasn't intending to to win on points or decision or maybe to understand the the muay thai scoring or how it was doing because the thai judges will always look into who is in control of the fight and the, the big thing is who's controlling the fight and when the the the, the controlling is switching between. Fighter A to Fighter B. So when there's a switch like that in the fight, it's how you can overt- overturn the fight. But unless you you're not controlling the fight is either uh, by moving forward or, or fighting backwards, you need to show that you're in control of the fight. That's why most of the, a lot of fights, you know, in the fifth rounds, the, the both fighters are like, all right, you won. So let's not make a fuss out of it and uh, right. just watch each other and uh, the fight is over. But um, Ra- Ramon was just like fighting every every fight like he was fighting in Europe. Yeah, he
0: didn't take any moments off. From the opening bell, he was yeah. immediately going. And that, to his credit, that did a lot of good for him. Like the the first cherry when he knocked about in like a couple minutes. Yeah. And often... When when guys like Deckers, who are super powerful, um, great at, at getting off their power punches, when they start really fast, it can kind of overwhelm the ties, because they're used to... In the, in the golden era, like back in the late 80s and early 90s, they didn't do the whole just fuck around for two rounds like they do now, yeah. but they still did have that warm-up period where guys wouldn't just they usually wouldn't charge out and just try to kill each other from the opening bell. Some of them, like if you're fighting Samson, you better be ready for him to kill you from the opening bell. But most of them, uh, they would take a while to, to kind of get their reads and get into the fight and get warmed up. And when you have somebody like Deckers just marching you down and putting combinations on you, it's really hard to deal with that. So he got a lot of those early knockouts, but when he wasn't able to overwhelm his opponents early, then, Like we mentioned, he had some trouble winning decisions.
1: Yeah, he couldn't because um, a lot of the the slow start is is due to the to the gamblers. In the first round, they are they are putting their bets, and uh, they are so so the fighters can so so the camps know who's the fighter. I don't know what to say. When you bet, and one has the advantage. I don't know what's the term in. in the betting. favorite. Yeah, the favorite. Sorry. So after the first one, you know who's the favorite, ready. So the first one is, is is a filling out process, and uh, it's a warm up. To, to to be frank, when you go to the Olympic Stadium or the Rajadamnern Stadium, you barely see the, the fighters warm up, because you know they are, they are going to use the first round to warm up. Right. So they just sit there and wait. To, for, for the fight to begin so when Ramon was fighting all the best were very clear it was like ramon needs to to, to win knockout in the first round and if he if he doesn't then the other fighter the tie fighter is the favorite that was very right. clear so
0: that makes sense and to his yeah. credit he had a lot of success like he beat um even if the the Tinoi and namvon fights were pretty clearly should have went the other way he had qu- he still had quite a bit of success being competitive with amazing like all-time greats in the sport especially dropping namfon so early in the first round is an incredible accomplishment that was in 1992 when namfon was i'm not sure if that was exactly his prime but he was still very good then it wasn't like notably post prime for him he beat koban right in his prime Mm -hmm. i think he might have been the first fighter to knock koban out most likely yeah most likely same with cherry that was he beat cherry in 1990 which was, was right smack bang in cherry's prime and knocking out was crazy yeah yeah right. guy, like that rarely happens for foreigners to beat an all-time great or not not necessarily an all-time great with cherry but like a genuinely great fighter in their prime just knocking him out in the first round like that yeah. is an amazing accomplishment and he did that twice with cherry and Coban. Yeah. So even if Decker's wasn't the most consistent fighter, um, he's not—he's not necessarily as great a knockmoy as some people try to make him out. He's not one of the the greater Muay Thai fighters of all time, but he is certainly yeah. top two in terms of fightings. He had an almost unprecedented level of success against yeah. genuinely great fighters in Thailand, and his legacy is well deserved. And now I will let you introduce our number one pick.
1: So the number one, um, and uh, just what an article about him? It's Danny Bill. Who else? So, yeah, yeah. I think uh, most of you will, will agree with us. And Danny, yeah, Danny's um, Danny's a prodigy, like uh, like I said in in the article. To put it simply, you know, there's there are never been any other fighters in in the world in the history that understand exactly what was Muay Thai and was able to to do that in the ring then he was the the ultimate female fighter it was crazy because he was he was fighting female female ties and he was out female them it was crazy you know it was like what is that and Technically, it, it was, you know, something else.
0: Danny Bill was just a different type of fighting. He he did not fight like foreigner. He was, like we've mentioned, uh, we've talked a lot about how it's often hard for fighting to get used to the tie meta and the tie scoring. Danny Bill didn't have any trouble at all. I think he was 18 when he beat Samart Galaxy Gym. Yeah. He I don't think he even had that many fights. He was fighting, like, I don't know much about the this Samark guy. I don't know if he was, like, elite, but he had something like 200 fights. And Danny Bill was coming in at 18 years old. Uh, he hadn't had much experience at that level. And he looked like he he just, he, he belonged there at that level, even so early in his career. And then a year later, he beat Den Wangstron. That was in 1993 when Den was hot. Yeah. Dan was, uh, I think, a multiple-time Lumpinee champ.
1: Yeah, that win was was actually crazy. He, he's talking about it in uh, an interview that uh, I have with him, and that will be soon out on the fight site. But uh, yeah, it was in an event, in the King's Birthday event, where there was a lot of Thai fighting foreigners, and every foreigners got knocked out. Danny was uh, training in Thailand at the time, And uh, it was Joe Joe Prestia who was going to fight, but Joe got injured and uh, they called Danny three days prior to the bout. Wow. uh, If you want to to fight Dan Monksurin, Danny immediately said yes. The the other people in the camp were like, are you crazy? Do you know who Dan is? (laughs) You're going down. You're going to get knocked out. So Danny almost got knocked out in the first round, but then went on to, to to win the fight and every time went crazy like what, what he got hell? rocked early
0: but uh he's yeah. like den i think he hit him with like a, a punch off a body kick and then kind of swarmed him and then later he adjusted marvelously and just started using like the long guard and the dracula guard to keep den yeah. from getting from his to his punches and you can just tell from the name den moangster and the moangster gym uh was known for producing massive punchers big pressure-fighting boxer-puncher guys. Uh, The, obviously... uh, Who am I... Who's the big moinksering guy? Embarrassing that I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, Sensak moinksering. Sensak, yeah. Famously came from that gym. The hardest puncher in Muay Thai history. The George Foreman of Muay Thai. And uh, Den is similar, but at a smaller weight and not quite as hard a puncher. So he's this super-aggressive incredibly powerful great boxer and danny bill gets dropped by him in the first round and then starts just diffusing his punches and picking him out picking him apart on the outside with kicks and counter knees and this is like this is not a thing that foreigners do he just understands the Thai style in such an incredible way but it's even kind of more than that like he's not necessarily just imitating the high level ties but he's bringing like a lot of flair to it that you don't see as much from from tie fighters like there's obvious influences from his his background as a striker in france uh like he he was a a switch hitter he did excellent work in both stances he was incredibly versatile he could fight he could fight amazingly off the back foot lead guys into counters lead them around the ring and pivot around them and he could pressure well, too. In his fight with Koban, he was kind of getting beat up a bit early. Koban was yeah. pressuring effectively, uh, hitting him with body-head combinations. And then in the, in the fifth round, I think, he started, after losing most of the fight, he adjusted and started walking him down, basically fighting a Moikau fight. He was long guarding to prevent the punches. He was just kneeing him over and over again, punching off his knees, so he was incredibly versatile there wasn't there was really no way he couldn't fight
1: he could he could do it all yeah Daniel it was really masterful what he was able to do in the ring basically Danny was a natural he was a natural fighter at first I think and absolutely then then he picked up Muay Thai and he was able to to, to master it very very quickly It's, it's it's, it's hard that uh, you have a fighter that's starting uh, a sport like that, Muay Thai and like three, four years later is able to, to compete with the best of the best in the world and is able to beat them convincingly in their own style. That was crazy when you can when, when you, you you see the switch in the Thai fighters when they are fighting Danny and they are, they are like, all right. I won't be the better fighter today. I have. I won't be the better, you know, the the, the most beautiful fighter today. Yeah. I have to yeah. fight him. I have in to... his
0: fight with uh like Panam Runglek, he yeah. Early in the fight, they're they're like kicking on the outside. Panam Runglek's doing the the normal tie thing of I'm gonna stay on the outside and land open side body kicks, yeah. and Danny starts feigning him out. He's drawing out the kicks with feints. He's like feinting his way in and banging the body. He's out kicking Panamunglek, and then in the second and third round, Panamunglek's like, "Oh fuck you," and he just tries <laughs> to march him down and beat yeah. him up. And Danny's not having it at all. Like, like you said, you see the switch where they're like, "Oh shit, I'm not gonna be able to just do my
1: normal thing here." Yeah.
0: First, One of them.
1: Yeah, really. yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable, really, when you, when you when you see that and. He's talking about, about about it himself that he he knows that he knows that he will be better and uh, that make me that make, that made him laugh in advance. <laughs> but it's it's crazy. But when you ask him, um, wh- were you thinking about that? Were you having a game plan or something like that? N- none of that. It was only he was just styling. Wow. Basically
0: that's super interesting because he's such
1: a smart fighter too like you can
0: see the the adjustments he just has that natural feel for for what to do in a fight like knows exactly where he is in the fight and what he has to do to adjust yeah
1: and uh, one of other... you know it's natural because uh, you, when he was teaching when he was teaching us well basically was beating us beating <laughs> us up. yeah but teaching sometimes but you know you know it's the small details and uh, when you were asking questions it wasn't like the longest of the answers but Mm -hmm. just that small detail you know I always remember one thing because I was fight I'm a softball and I was using my my left leg a lot and uh, I like to when someone was throwing his right kick I I love to grab it instead instead of blocking it and uh, he once said to me, don't grab it, because I used to do that and I almost got knocked out by command, <laughs> so don't do that, you know, and this is really the thing that he was really insisting on that, and he was showing us other things, you know, to how, how to sweep someone instead of grabbing the kick every, every, yeah. every time, but it's almost impossible to do. I swear, Ryan, I tried it for 10 years. <laughs> dude his sweeps i have no idea how the fuck he does that like honestly
0: he's he's better than like most ties at that like the way he he can sweep guys out he can he has like this sense for as soon as they're like if they have their weight on their front leg as soon as they transfer the weight they lift it up for just a second to put it back down again his foot is there and he's kicking their leg out he'll do these things i'm actually watching the den fight in the background and he just like he just took a sidestep when den came in and just like gently yeah. nudged his ankle up from under him it's unbelievable
1: and and you know this this is not there's not even a, a thought process in in the thing because when i asked him about it about the sweeps how did he do that and uh, his answer was like because of my neighborhood <laughs> I grew up. In, I grew up in the hood, and you had to learn to defend yourself, and you have to sweep the guys, you know, because it was, it was humiliating. So That's, that's it. amazing. So it's incredible. To like incredible.
0: Danny, how do I sweep? How do how do I do this like you? And you just like you just gotta be Danny Bill.
1: <laughs>
0: that's the answer. Yeah,
1: yeah. One but of yeah, the I things.
0: Think...
1: Um, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: One of the main things that stands out about Danny Bill's fighting style for me. Is that the way he used feints? He he was an incredibly not only like diligent and active fainter but super creative with the way he did it. Uh, like he would do just really weird stuff. Like he would faint. Um, he was always doing the foot feints, feigning entries by pretending to step forward. He yeah. would do stuff like like I don't even know how to describe it. It's like he was dancing. Like he would faint. Um. I, there was this one, one moment from one of his fights with a tie. He like feinted a step in and then just kind of bounced to the side to draw out an attack and countered him. Um, especially in his fight with Hanamrunglek, that it stands out to me because often you see a really consistent way to win in Muay Thai is to kind of hang, yeah. hang back against the ropes and land body kicks when the guy tries to come in. Yeah. In a lot of striking sports it's undesirable to be against the ropes because it, it squares up your stance. You can't defend punches as effectively. You don't have anywhere to go, so you can't retreat. But in Muay Thai, with such a kicking-heavy sport, if you're squared up against the ropes, it's actually easier to defend kicks that way. Um, yeah. So if when Thais are fighting somebody who is maybe not the best boxer, or even other Thais, like you'll see, um, uh, what was his name? Pet Yutong did this a lot too in yeah. his fight with Runkit. Uh, but they'll kinda hang out against the ropes in a square stance and land counter kicks as the guy comes in and use like a long guard or clinch entries to defend punches. Panamrunglek was trying to do that to Danny Bill. And instead of just walking onto the kicks like a lot of guys do, he would just constantly faint faint over and over again to draw his kicks out. And after kicking at air a little bit, it starts to dull their senses and yeah. they're not they're not as Quick on the trigger, so they won't immediately fire off a body kick whenever you try to close the distance. And when that stops, Danny will will start feigning his way inside and open up with body body punches and punching combinations. And he's got a great eye for exchanges. Um, he'll do the like the Dutch thing of doubling up on the hook to the body and head. Yeah, he's great at manipulating the guard. He'll like hook the body and head and then slot in uppercuts through the long guard or through a high guard. So he's an, just an incredible fighter. Um, like I mentioned before, he was—he's a switch hitter. I think he—he yeah. he usually preferred orthodox, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he was fighting orthodox, but uh, his best—his best, his best leg was the the left one. Yeah. Yeah. He had a great switch kick.
0: Um, he would do really cool things with the stance switches too. In the Nakui Devi fight, there's a. Yeah a couple moments where he's pressuring Debbie along the ropes and Debbie's trying to counter kick. And he, he uses the stance switching to keep up with him along the ropes and keep landing body punches as Debbie tries to circle out. He's also, he's not like he was never the, one of the elite clinchers in Muay Thai, but he was very good in the clinch. Uh, He tended to, to want to avoid longer clinch exchanges, but you'll see in a lot of fights, he's really good at countering guys entry into their entries into the clinch and doing damage off of that um i th- i think i'm thinking of the knockweed Devi fight but in it might be the panamangalek fight but in one of the fights he's he's kind of picking the tie apart early feigning in and out out kicking him and boxing him up and then later the tie starts getting aggressive and trying to clinch him and Danny Bill, he's, like, both avoiding the clinch, but also out-clinching him at the same time.
1: Yeah. Whenever he comes in on entries, I think it was Panarumlek. It's Panarumlek, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Because it. Panarumlek, yeah, he tra- tries to, to fight him at trench for, like, two rounds, but uh, won't go anywhere with like that. So he gets aggressive and uh, kind of runs, ca- ca- kind of tries to run through Danny. But, yeah, Danny every time meets him with a knee, with a sweep, or initiate the clinch. It was very versatile, yeah. Yeah, he's constantly just like
0: landing those counter knees and counter elbows as Panamunalek tries to close distance. And he really understands clinch entries in a way that like a lot of Fadangs don't seem to. Yeah. A lot of those guys, you'll see them like they almost look frustrated when they get clinched. Like in the, um, in some of Decker's fights, he almost like throws his hands up in the clinch like it's yeah. like it's a glory fight, and he's Kevin Van Nostrand expecting the ref to break them up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like like Danny
0: you can see like how his opponent's going to enter the clinch, and he'll frame out, or he'll pivot off at an angle to make them turn and then hit them while they're turning. He's got great angling footwork. Uh, you can never track him down in a straight line. He's always pivoting out or shifting out. Yeah.
1: No, I think the the only fighter that uh, got the better of the clinch was Sakmongkol. Yeah, yeah.
0: That Sakmongkol yeah. fight was an amazing fight. Probably one of my favorite Danny oh, Bill it,
1: fights. It is my favorite fight ever. Yeah, <laughs> I watched that fight a thousand times, and I'm not joking. It's for real. I had it in in DVD, and that's probably the first the first fight I had in my personal laptop. So, yeah, I, I, I watched that fight a lot of times because uh, I knew that I knew he was injured at the time, but uh, he still picked the fight. And in, the, in like, the, the first three rounds, you can even see that he was injured. It was crazy. The, the thing is, the one thing he do he did when he, he grabbed, he grabbed the, um, a right kick and uh, returned with a the, with the left eye kick. The head kick over the shoulder? It, it's crazy, you know. It's, that was amazing.
0: Especially like it's so rare to kick not only like kick a like a good tie in the head like that clean, but it's fucking Sakmanko.
1: Yeah, like, he's
0: <laughs> one of the better kickers of that era.
1: It's unbelievable. You you know that after two rounds you 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 have Sakmanko, like you said, one of the best kickers ever, and he's like, okay, I won't I won't kick anymore with you
0: he went okay. to orthodox but like he was trying to do the southpaw paw kicking thing and he was yeah. struggling with it and then he went orthodox and started walking danny bill down and it worked like he was it was very competitive but sack Munkle, yeah. like you said started clinching and doing damage in the clinch but just to, to, to be able to force an adjustment like that out of someone like sack Munkle is amazing
1: It's, incredible. it's incredible. all
0: right i think that about covers it do you have any yeah. closing words about danny bill
1: not really not really no (laughs) I just uh, I have the pleasure to 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 interview him so you'll hear about that Uh, I'm sorry in advance because it was outside and uh, there are some some noises but uh, it's kind of good it's kind of good I like it absolutely yeah it was it's it's a good one it's a Mm. short one but a good one but we we probably have him in in a podcast check out Check out Baba's lovely
0: article about Danny It's eye, excellent. And it does a great job of just describing eye, who Danny eye, was eye, and why he was so special. And stay tuned for that interview. Like we said.
1: Alright,
0: thanks for Watch joining us guys. Talk to you in two with
1: weeks. Just their hands and, feet, <laughs> and bows and knees. <laughs> this is an art of boxing you would all up to learn. Bye. Wow. Suck them hard with your soul and then kick out and on.